Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name is Tom Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by the editor-in-chief of GSFN, Kieran Quill. Welcome back, Kieran. Thanks, Tommy. How are you? I'm good. Good to be here. Looking forward to talking about football again because it was fairly dominated by the, the Super League last time. So it's good to get back into the, the bread and butter, so to speak. Um, what did you make of the game on Wednesday night? Gary Lineker called it the poorest Madrid side that he can remember for years. Would you, would you subscribe to that point of view? Yeah, I think they, they 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 were pretty poor last night. I think the first leg in Madrid, Chelsea were quite disappointed the fact that it was only a one all. And I remember Aspilicueta speaking after the game, and he he was convinced that they should have won the game, and and taken at least two goals back to London. So it was a difficult one um, for Madrid last night. They were definitely outplayed um, right across the pitch. Tuchel as Chelsea super organised um, from Thiago Silva at the back. Didn't give much away. I mean, Benzema had a couple of good chances, like he normally does, and he usually converts. But last night wasn't to be. Mendy pulled off a couple of good saves as well. Mm-hmm, that's so, it. Yeah, I, think, I think this has been coming for Madrid. Um, they did well to hang on for so long. Like it wasn't until the 85th minute when Mouse finally killed them off. But I, I think that goal, you know, that that could have came 30 minutes previous to that because Chelsea were were dominant really. Havertz had a couple of good chances. Courtois kept him in the game for as long as he could and then it was just, it was game over then and Chelsea fully deserved it. Yeah, they, they did fully deserve it and <clears throat> as you say, it was it was 2-0 going on about seven, honestly. The, the amount of chances that they had, particularly in the second half, uh, that I think that's what probably Madrid fans would be most disappointed about was the fact that they, it was fairly equal I would say in the first half. I think Chelsea were maybe just edged it but Chelsea in the second half came out and totally dominated it. So it reminded me slightly, we were saying this before the, the show, that it reminded me a little bit of when Arsenal, on that 05-06 cup run, and when they got to the final, played against some of the ageing Italian teams, you know, and they just looked like they were kind of at the end of their at the end of the road sort of thing. And obviously sad to see, because it's a great team. I know you're a, you're a big fan of the midfield and things like that. We think we all are. Anybody that loves football loves that Real Madrid midfield, but... They looked like they were just kind of uh, off the pace last night. Yeah, and, and Zidane had headaches going into it as well because he had so many defensive problems and it was kind of hard to know who he was going to start because Ramos came back in after a calf injury and he hadn't played until March 16th. So you have to remember that a lot of these players weren't fully fit playing against a young Chelsea team at full tilt. Um, you know, and it was just, it was kind of hard to know how he'd, how he'd play and he, he started with Nacho at centre-back with Ramos and, and had Militao at right-back and Chelsea were rampant down the left wing and then eventually took Militao out from right-back and put him into centre-back and put Ramos back out there to kind of cut that thread off. So, yeah, um, they weren't fit. They weren't, they weren't really at it. And I think after the game, the, the interviews really spoke volumes about how, how the Madrid players felt. Like it was all, okay, we're, we're, looking, we're looking at Sevilla now this weekend. We're just going to get over this. And, and they all said that Chelsea deserved the win. They were all quite honest. Casemiro spoke. Uh, Thibaut Courtois spoke as well. And he spoke about how difficult it was and how compact Chelsea were and that they were so fast and, and dangerous on the break. So I think the difference with Zidane speaking after the Osasuna game at the weekend, he was really happy with that result. And you, you could tell that he, he feels they're still in a title race compared to last night where he was really down and wasn't in the mood to speak to the media. Mm-hmm. And he just he, he just wants to get on with it and just look ahead to Sevilla and just um, put that aside. And he, he, know, he knows Chelsea are deserved winners. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's the the objective um, point of view. Um, you mentioned Sevilla there. We're going to get into that later. We're also going to get into those injury problems that you touched on as well. Just one final point: the 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 socks that they were wearing. I think quite a lot of people were surprised to see Madrid going out with uh, with the black socks. Any any idea what that was about? Yeah, it was rather unusual looking, but they actually wore black socks until 1954. And then, and then they changed it in '55, and and yeah, they went back to their old roots last night with it. I, I think it looked quite well, and it didn't clash with Chelsea's white socks. Yeah, but it was it was weird. Like I, I had a kind of, had a sort of theory uh, going going about in my head. I was wondering if they were trying to evoke memories of Valencia. You know, when I think it was Rodrigo scored uh, against was it Rodrigo? Yeah, he scored he scored at Stamford Bridge for Valencia against them and they, they won and all that. I was wondering if, if Zidane was in with the mind games, you know, let's dress up like Valencia, try and scare them. But I don't know, it was it was weird to see them uh, to see them wearing the black socks, but yeah, obviously evoking the past. Very good. Um, well, yes, as I said, I'm looking forward to talking about football again. The last few weeks have been largely dominated by the, the Super League. Before we start, we'd like to remind you that support for the Get Spanish Football News show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. You can join the movement for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs. Those of you that are living in the UK and Ireland can get 20% off and free delivery if you use the code GSFN at manscaped.com. So definitely recommend uh, doing that. Kieran, probably the two games of the season coming up this weekend, I would say. I think if you objectively look at it, you have to say these are the, the two most important games that, that we've seen so far. Um, given the composition of the of the top four. Saturday, we've got 4.15pm, uh, we've got Barcelona against Atletico Madrid at the Camp Nou. Uh, the home side there have got the chance to leapfrog the current league leaders. And on Sunday night, we've got Real Madrid against Sevilla at Valdebebas, and that could be a key moment in the context of the title race as well. Remember, any one of Atleti, Real Madrid or Barcelona could potentially finish the weekend as, as league leaders. So it's really, really exciting. And it's something that seemed pretty unthinkable just a few months ago uh, when Simeone's side were, were so far in front. Let's start with Barcelona against Atletico. Many people are comparing this game to the one that took place in 2014 when Atleti won the league at the Camp Nou, just due to how much is at stake. Where do you rate the importance of this game? Yeah, it's it's huge, obviously. And I recommend that you cancel all your plans this weekend <laughs> because there's just too much at stake. And when you look at the top of that table there, Atletico are just two points ahead of Barca. Same games played. Atletico have 76 and, and Barca have 74. Um, yeah, it's massive. I, I was actually in Madrid in, in 2014 and, and you could really feel the tension more than seven years ago because fans were going to games and I was fortunate enough to have a season ticket so I was able to, to feel all that tension and Atletico hadn't won the title in 18 years and it was going down to the wire and they needed at least a point at Camp Nou and Diego Godin scored that famous goal and they, they won the title. And this is massive again. And they don't have Godin this time around, but they still have Simeone. And he's doing his, his partido a partido approach again. And Atletico have been doing that in recent weeks and they haven't been convincing. It hasn't been, it hasn't been good for them. But somehow they're still top. They're, they're trying their best to not be top. And this is absolutely massive. I can't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one to call because Atletico... They know what's at stake. They're they're going to go in as league leaders. Barcelona are coming off the back of a good win against Valencia. Atletico are lucky to get away with all three points against Elche. Elche missed that last minute penalty. 
they hit the post. Um, but yeah, like Atletico have struggled over the last couple of months. They, they played Levante back to back in February and they, they lost one and they drew one. And ever since then, they haven't really been that convincing. Yeah. You look at their, their stats like this year in, in 2021, not, not across the whole season, just this year since January. Like Marcus Llorente, a, a midfielder, um, has their best stats, seven goals and eight assists. And then after that, you've got Luis Suarez with 11 goals and one assist. So, you know, when you think about teams winning titles, you think about organization, you think about clean sheets, but you also think about a goal scorer scoring 25 plus goals and and players that contributing from midfield. But that really hasn't been the case. Jao Felix has only scored two goals and provided two assists since January. So, they do have their work cut out to win the league, even though they're sitting top. And a lot of people will say that it's Madrid or it's Barcelona that's going to do it. So it's it's this weekend's massive. If Atletico lose, Barcelona got go top. Yeah, and then you know, then Atletico's confidence is gone. Or the other way around, if Atletico nick a point, you know, I, I think it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. It's honestly so exciting. But yeah, it's, you, you mentioned those Levante games back a few months ago, and it's difficult to kind of you could maybe look at that as a moment where the wheels potentially started to come off also that draw against Celta Vigo and they lost the goal in the last minute and you know that seems to be just kind of when the wheels started to come off but it's difficult to explain why it's happened you know it's a very general question this but you know what what the real reasons for this kind of collapse that we've seen is it's difficult to pinpoint one factor isn't it you mentioned the goals which I think is a um, a definite problem and particularly the the fact that Llorente has been such a main protagonist tells you a lot so it's um Definitely up front as well. Like Suarez, you know, when, when things were going really well in that, that first part of the season, he was at the top of his game kind of thing. And would you say perhaps up front that's that, that could be the one key position that they've, that they've been lacking in? Yeah, possibly. I mean, being so reliant on Marcus Llorente, who designed as a defensive midfielder, isn't ideal. And Suarez missed a couple of weeks out recently with an injury, so... When I saw that news coming in, then I, I thought, okay, Atletico have, have blown it now um, with, with Suarez gone. But Llorente has kept scoring. He's on fire. And then you've got goals coming from Carrasco and, and Correa as well. So there, there's a couple of players adding goals. But in general, I mean, Atletico have never been, you know, over, over recent years, they've never been a, a team full of goals. No. So they will they will make it difficult for themselves, and that's that's they're just being typical at Lettigo again this year. So um, <laughs> if if they get over the line, it's going to be very very narrow, and it's going to be I, I think it's going to go right down to the wire because we've we've got four games left, and at Lettigo of seventy six, but Madrid and Barca are on seventy four, and then Sevilla on seventy. Yeah, and it's uh, whatever's going to happen, it's going to make for for good television. So yes, as you say, cancel your plans, leaving Atletico at one side. Let's talk about Barcelona. They've obviously they obviously had a massively disappointing result against Granada last week, and managing to lose that game. What did you make of that loss and how they subsequently bounced back against Valencia? Yeah, I was really shocked that Granada won. Uh, I think most people were. Granada are a good side; like they're in the Europa League and they've been brilliant for the last two years since being promoted from Segunda under Diego Martinez. Um, but uh, yeah, Barca. Like Barca will be kicking themselves because if they beat Granada, they would have been they would be top to be top of the table right now. So uh, I think they'll still be kicking themselves, but they they can't. They kind of have to put that Granada game to bed, and and they did that against Valencia. And it was kind of it was touch and go at one stage in in Mestalla because um, Valencia took the lead, and then within twelve minutes, 
Barca scored three goals, a bit like the Copa del Rey final against Athletic when they scored four in, in a similar time. So they, they, they just seem to be able to put games to bed really, really quickly with Messi and, and Griezmann, who are both on fire. Um, so it's, yeah, that Messi free kick was sensational. And yeah, it was just like Carlos Soler scored a really good goal for, for Valencia and they kind of got back into it, but Barcelona managed to hold on. So yeah, it's, um, it's, Barca's still there. They're in the title race. You can't rule them out. All the chat a couple of weeks ago was it's now in Barcelona's hands and then the Granada result happens and it's just like, how is, does nobody want to win this league? <laughs> it's just so, it must just be, you know, if you're a fan of one of these clubs, it's honestly just uh, just so frustrating, but just great to watch and great for, great performance by Granada um, going away and, and, and winning there. Really, really good. You mentioned Messi. We kind of run out of superlatives to describe the guy, I think, as does as does everyone. How would you rate his role, though, this season? Obviously, at a bit of a sort of shaky summer with the whole transfer saga and the, the bureau facts and all that, he's come in and, I don't know, I think I, I would say he's, he's had a, a very central role, not just on the pitch, but in terms of a, of, a, of a leader as well, in terms of leadership. Yeah, well, he's good at hosting barbecues. <laughs> he, can, you te- um... can you tell us something about that? Yeah, Messi's fond of an asado, like a lot of Argentinian people. And on Monday, to celebrate the Copa del Rey success and to celebrate the victory over over Valencia, he invited the Barcelona team around to his house um, for a nice lunch in Barcelona. And you could hear, actually outside the house, you could hear them singing Campeones, Campeones. So they were singing champion songs and clearly to mark their, their Copa del Rey success. Um, so I think on the pitch, on the pitch, brilliant again. Like he's got 28 goals in the Liga. He's probably going to lift his eight Pachichi trophy. He's seven goals ahead of Benzema. So I don't see Benzema catching him with four games to go. But um, going back to that barbecue, uh, La Liga are currently investigating it as a possible breach of COVID-19 rules. Um, Barcelona are saying that, well, the players are all part of the same bubble. They eat together every day um, at the training facilities and that the distance rules were respected at Messi's house. So we'll see what comes from that. I don't think much will come from it. But yeah, I think um, it's a good sign for Barcelona fans because if Messi's calling house parties um, before the end of the season, it's a sign of leadership. Some people are saying, is this Messi going? I think it's the I think it's the other way around. I think Messi's actually closer to staying now. I think he looks happy. He's driven. He's he's leading by example, and he could win a double. There's still a Liga there, and they, they, they've won the Copa del Rey. So, I mean, a double would be a nice way to go. But I, I think I think Messi is closer to staying as mm-hmm. we stand. Yeah, and it didn't seem to be a somber atmosphere. If they are they're singing and stuff like that, um, you know, it's not a it's not a downbeat sort of event. So, yeah, I think I would I think I would agree with you there. But yeah, it's just just been a just been a great season for him so far. Pachichi and, and potential double. So the way it started and the way it could potentially end. And again, you know, I, I, I touched on this before. I said it's not in their hands. It kind of is in their hands because if they beat Atletico, you know, they take they take the points off them. So that's yes. Yeah, Pika nice. said after. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, Pika said after the the win at Mestalla that it was in their hands. And his his way of looking at it was we we need to beat Atletico. It's it's as simple as that. 
that's it, and that's why there's, the there's so much. That's it. That's why there's so much riding on on this game. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk just lastly on this, and then we'll move on to Madrid and Sevilla. Just team news. Atletico last season at this stage were really plagued by injuries at this moment, and they sort of limped over the the finish line. How are they looking going into this one? Yeah, there are a few doubts actually. Um, Thomas Lemar is possibly out as well as Jimenez and Lodi. I think Lodi's the most serious of the three. Um, so Simeone will have a couple of um, selection issues going into it. But I think for the for the most part, he, he's okay. And it'll be interesting to see how he lines out at, the, at, at camp now. For Barcelona, there's talk of Sergio Roberto coming in instead of Dest at right wing back. So... That'll also be interesting. Dest didn't really feature much against Valencia. He started the game, but all the play was down the left wing with Jordi Alba, who's been brilliant mm-hmm. for Barcelona. So, yeah, I think it's it, the Barcelona team is probably a little bit clearer at the moment, um, given how well some of their players are playing. Um, Atletico have been struggling as such, but I think um, Simeone will, will know his team already. But there's still a couple of players there who are doubts and who might actually make it in time. That's it. Someone who does look like they could be missing the game is Ronald Koeman. He got a two-match ban, at, at least at the time of recording. At the time of the recording, his appeal has been rejected. Uh, it was for insulting the referee, basically, was what he got this ban for. And I don't know, it seemed, yeah. quite, seemed quite soft, this. Yeah, he said, what a character. Now, that's the direct translation. I think the, the word personaje might have different connotations in Spanish. It's got, it's got a slightly negative, uh, a slightly negative connotation. It's like a character, but it's not necessarily a. It depends on the context. Obviously, the context that he was angry at him. So to call him that, you say, "Oh, what a character!" Like, yeah, sarcasm more than anything. But I think that's yeah. all it is. Sarcasm really in a too much ban for a bit of sarcasm. It's not not yeah. not the greatest sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was during the the Granada game when they were losing two one. So Kuman was obviously very frustrated and according to the referee Gonzalez Fuertes in his match notes he said that Kuman muttered that what a character to the to the fourth official during the game so they obviously see it as as a big enough excuse to miss two games at a crucial time of the season so hopefully Ronald learns his lesson and um yeah he won't be he won't be on, on the on the sideline so we, we'll see more of Simeone but normally it's Simeone who's doing all the the running up and down the sideline but he, he'll be even more um, involved this time around because he'll be the only one on the sideline. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be flying solo. Okay. On to Real Madrid against Sevilla now. This could be absolutely massive depending on what happens in Saturday's game. Uh, Marca ran with a headline, Sevilla's dressing room haven't given up on the league. Now, I think Sevilla would need a minor miracle. They would need everything to go their way to be in with a shout now. But it could still be a record-breaking season for them. It's been, been a great, great league for them. Yeah, I think... It was a terrible result for Sevilla on Monday night to lose in the 90th minute against Athletic Club. Um, they were furious after the game, particularly Julian Lopetegui, who's also going to miss the Real Madrid game. Um, and he he basically went onto the pitch and he received the yellow card, which was his fifth. So he now he now misses that game. And yeah, again, Athletic they. They 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 won the game with a nice goal from from Iñaki Williams. Uh, they broke away, and 
Williams received the ball at the back post and, and tucked it away. And they've had a horrible couple of weeks uh, losing two Copa del Rey finals. So it was nice for them, but it was it was devastating for Sevilla. And Lopetegui said after the game that we're really disappointed. We're disappointed with the officials for the decision because it, it was a penalty. If you look back, it, it really was a penalty. I think it was it was really harsh in Sevilla. Um, and at this at this stage of the season, it must be really it must be difficult for a manager to hold back when you're in a title race and, and you're Sevilla and you're the underdog. In, in the four who are in that battle for La Liga. So Jules Koundé said it's going to be really difficult for us to win the league now. And I think it is. They're six points off Atletico with four four games to go. And I, I don't see them beating Madrid, to be honest. I think Madrid are going to be fired up, even though they were really poor last night. I think they'll be fired up for this now because it's it's all or nothing. And they're at home. I don't think the Alfredo Di Stefano gives them much of an advantage. It's a training pitch. And there's going to be no supporters. I don't think home advantage really counts at this stage, but I just think that Sevilla had their chance and they should have beaten Atletic on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you've just got to look at it that way. They've they've put several amazing runs together this season, and it just that was just a really crucial moment. And yeah, they've they've blown it and they've kind of run out of time. I think which yeah. is which is sad to see. But yeah, still it could be a record-breaking season for them. They're they're um, they're very very close to. They could potentially finish on eighty-two points. Uh, they're currently on currently on seventy. Potentially finishing eighty-two would be a be a great record-breaking season for them. Unai Emery currently has a record seventy-six points in the fourteen-fifteen season uh, with Sevilla. So yeah, absolutely, and I think it would be really well uh, deserved. Just looking about how they're going to line up, they look like they're going to be without Rakitic and Kunde for the game. Um, and Madrid, they've been a side that have been battered by injuries this season, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show. What shape are, are the two of them going to be in? Well, Varane's definitely out. He has he has a mus- muscle injury and he, he missed the game against Chelsea on, on Wednesday night. So he's he's gone. Um, Fede Valverde is back in. He he tested negative for COVID just before the, the Chelsea game. So he'll be back in. So... Um, it's it's hard to know. It's still we're, we're recording this just the morning after the game, so a couple of players may have picked up knocks that we don't know of yet. Um, but in general, it looks like Varane is going to be is going to be the main one out for for Madrid. Um, I mean they've they've had Militao and Nacho cover for for Ramos when he was out, and both of them have been brilliant. So I think they'll they'll be okay, even even without Varane. I think they'll be okay. Ramos is coming back in and he hasn't played since March. Last night was his first game since March. So Ramos will take a couple of games to get back up to, to match fitness ahead of the Euros this summer. He'll, he'll be thinking about that. So he's gone. Um, um, yeah, Varane's gone and, and, and that's it. Zidane, Zidane will just have to kind of shuffle around again as he has been doing for the last few weeks. Yes, yeah, it hasn't been a. It won't be something new in the context of this season. He's been dealing with injuries for a long, long time. So they're, they're more than used to it. Um, yeah. Just on Zidane, we know he's not the most vocal character in the world, and obviously after that that defeat against Chelsea, he didn't really want to speak at all. I'm going to say, just in the context of the last few weeks, how vocal has Zidane been about Madrid's title chances? It's now, as you say, the only thing they've got to to play for. But how vocal has he been? Because they've been written off so many times, haven't they? They have, and as we've discussed before, he he doesn't really like media duties, and he, he does his best to get to get away from them but over the last couple of weeks he's been he's been much happier um especially after the league games when when they beat Osasuna even after the nil, nil draw against uh, Real Betis you know they, they dropped two points 
at home. It was a horrible night in Madrid. Zidane was soaking wet, but he came out and he was laughing and he was joking with the with the interviewer and he he tends to avoid it. It's it's normally it's kind of like a little bit like Simeone. He he tries to play it down and say, okay, we're just looking at the next game and you know this is Real Madrid. We have to win trophies. He, he generally turns to that one, but like last night, his his focus was clearly again on La Liga. He he accepted the defeat to Chelsea and said, now we're going to focus on on what's ahead in La Liga. So just he's always looking ahead, kind of one one game at a time sort of philosophy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's and that it served them well in the past. Definitely served them well last season when they put that incredible run together just in the last uh, eleven or, or twelve games. So, yeah, and um, you'd definitely still say they're able to shout. They'll be fired up for it on on Saturday, as, as you say. So, I'm going to get your predictions uh, just in a few minutes. But last topic outside of all of this, uh, we have to talk about Javi Gracia, who. It seems like it's been a, the, the slowest death, the slowest death in, in football <laughs> uh, this season. You know, it's been a long, long time coming. Um, his his second, and it, I don't think particularly through any fault of his own, just just circumstances. No. Yeah, I mean, he joined last summer. He was told that Valencia were going to sign players, and then he was told a few weeks later, "No, we're not going to be signing anybody this summer." So, didn't get off to a very good start for him. And it's it's been it's been really difficult at Valencia for their fans, especially over the last few years. They've had twelve different managers over the last decade, and Voro's going to step in again this time as interim for the sixth time over the last decade. So he he seems to be the guy that comes in. And some people will say, just give Voro the job. Why, why don't you just give it to him? Why is he? Why does he have to rescue the club every time? But Voro obviously knows that it's a very difficult job. And Valencia is a huge club. Valencia won the title in 2002 and 2004 they're a massive club in Spain and they do deserve better than this and they're just you know hiring and firing as they go and I, I feel sorry for Gracia a lot of a lot of supporters didn't like him didn't like his use of certain players um, but he didn't really get a fair crack of the whip and, and and to be able to try and turn things around at Valencia in less than nine months I mean Pep Guardiola wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to do it so it's it's a really thankless job there at the moment and um, a lot of criticism towards Peter Lim and towards President Anil Murthy as well. So yeah. I think Gracia, it's, a, it's, a, it's also a huge club. So the likes of Gracia coming from a Watford, no disrespect to Watford, but how do you turn down Valencia? You know, you're going to go in there all guns blazing, but then when you're told straight away, sorry, you can't sign anybody, um, it, makes, it makes life almost impossible. Yeah, and also they, they shipped off a considerable part of the squad uh, back last summer. Coquelin, Parejo left. Yeah. And um, to, yeah. To local rivals, VRL. Exactly. To local, yeah. yeah, to local rivals. So what do you do? Yeah. You know, what do you do in yeah. that context? And then you can't bring anybody in. And that was the main cause of the, the fan protest last summer. And uh, Grassi himself was, was strongly considering leaving. And I think actually tried, tried to leave. Yeah, he did. Yeah, in uh, September. Yeah, in September as well. So, you know, it's uh, it's been a been a, a long road for him. So, didn't, didn't work out. Safe. They're still not stay, safe as well. Yeah. No, that that would be a massive blow for Valencia to go to Segunda, or maybe it's what they need to bring in new ownership. Maybe then the, the current owners don't see the profit anymore if they go to Segunda. Um, it's kind of similar to what Rio, some Rio fans will say, Rio Vallecano. That is, that mm-hmm. they'd rather go to Segunda Bay. Spain's third division in order to get rid of their their current owner 
who yeah. will no longer see the same profit coming into the club or the same revenue. So um, I hope Valencia don't go down. They're, they're too big of a club and I hope that they can get back on their feet as soon as possible. That's it, but it's difficult to see a way out. And yeah, it's interesting when we had Paul Reedy on talking about Rayo Vallecano, he, he said the exact same thing, that he, there's a significant amount of, of Rayo Vallecano supporters that kind of sort of wish the same. They don't wish any harm to the club, obviously. They don't, you know, they don't wish... Uh, you know, any kind of barren period on them or they don't want to go down to the Segunda Bay because it's difficult to get out, but it might be the only good thing, you know, take away the, yeah. the owner's bottom line or the motivation of a, of a bottom line and you might have a more kind of, to use that word, organic sort of um, sort of setup there. So who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it would be a complete disaster if they, if they were to go down. Okay, just finally, we normally do the the weekend preview, and I'll ask yourself or Daniel or Reese what you what matches you you've chosen. But we've already chosen the matches. It's the 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 big two big two games. Um, what are you expecting to happen, Barcelona versus Atletico on on Saturday? I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna say it's gonna be very close, and it'll finish in a in a score draw, one one one. One one. Okay. Yeah, fairly low scoring. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. Both teams know what's at stake. Um Atletico will probably try and soak up as much of the of the pressure as possible. But I think with, with Messi, there's always a goal in Barcelona. Atletico obviously aren't flying in all cylinders either, but I think they'll they'll be happy with a point. Yeah, I very much see this one kind of playing out like a final, and finals are usually pretty cagey affairs. And I know it's a cliche in Spain. All of the managers say this game is a final. This game is a final. This one really, I think, given the context, really is quite like a final, and I'd expect it to be fairly cagey. Okay, and then obviously psychology is a big part in the the next game of of Real Madrid against Sevilla. I think that they'd be lying if they said the result of the Saturday game, you know, wouldn't have a wouldn't have a, an impact on them. But where do you see this one going? You 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 hinted that you you reckon Madrid will, will pull this one out. Yeah, I think Benzema will add to his 21 La Liga goals and they'll just get over the line. I think he'll, he'll get one or two and Sevilla are dead and buried. I think it's beyond them now. They, they, they had their chance and it, it's a fantastic season. I mean, Sevilla are fourth, 17 points ahead of Real Sociedad in fifth. So they've really, you know, they've really had an exceptional season. Um, they've, they've won 22 of their 34 games mm. and, you know, the, the, they've only conceded 27 goals in the 34 games. So so Lopetegui has them rock solid. They've a couple of brilliant defenders in, in Kunde, Diego Carlos. I think the only way is up for them, but I think this season, um, I think they're they're done and dusted for for the title race. Yeah, I think the the ship's possibly sailed. I don't know. I, I think it's the I think you have to remember this one, it's not a dead rubber for them. You know, it's it's they're they're going out to try and beat that record. Lopetegui will have them motivated. He's he's great at doing that. I think they could potentially cause some problems for, for Madrid, but I don't know. I, I, I don't like to make predictions on these things. And obviously the psychological impact of this, how much will pressure of what happens on Saturday hinder or, or help uh, Real Madrid? That will be a, a very, very interesting thing. Okay, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for joining us as always. And we'd like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Get Spanish Football News, and you can visit our website at Get Football News Spain for all the latest on what's happening in Spanish football. Thanks for joining us, Kieran. Pleasure to, to have you back. Thank Thanks you. For having me. No problem. Thank you for joining us at home, and we'll see you again soon. Adios. Hasta luego.